Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show hey everybody welcome to driven radio your weekly automotive happy hour Ooh, that felt good i am brad hatfield here with our engineer and co-host mr mark groves yo and mr Corey pratt the insane mind behind craving cars on youtube that's me that is you hey we are thrilled to be back in studio good god Holy cow, together it in the like same room. It feels like it's been a wow. really, really long time. A month, to be exact. It's like when you get into that car that you've loved Has so really much for the first yeah. time in like forever, and you go, <sighs> smells of studio. Mm. <laughs> That's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to let it lay there. I didn't want to say anything. This is already going bad sideways in a hurry yeah well it's us we are coming to you from driven radio studios in beautiful overland park kansas you can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at driven radio show honestly i never post instagram i hate instagram i don't you know i have yet to understand it and i should understand it because part like on uh, uh what's it called? uh linkedin i'm like hey i write marketing but dude do you instagram no i don't know no, i don't Catch for the kids do right you know, i don't understand do you know why uh. instagram will only let you post from your phone seriously yep. Yep, and when I go shoot or from stuff, a mobile device, like a I shoot, tablet. I shoot everything with my Canon cameras. Yeah, which means so, yeah, that's stupid. Unless I transfer all those images to my phone first, it will not let me post them. I've got over a hundred thousand images saved to my computer, and I can't post any of them to Instagram unless I run them through my phone first, which it See, sucks. That's why I don't do it. It's not because I don't actually understand it. It's, it's because can. of that. What he said. That's twice. right. That's it. Way to go, Mark. Well, could you think of all these <laughs> photographers out there that post all this oh stuff on Instagram? Yeah. They have to literally go through the extra step to transfer everything to like a tablet or yeah, phone. Screw in order that. To do I'm it. not doing that. And I try to take pictures with my phone when I do a couple events for Craving Cars because I have an Instagram on that. But it's just so hard to keep up on it. And, <laughs> and guys like Mark and I, and there's a lot of them, we work at our computers all day. All day. I don't want to jack around with trying to transfer the image to my phone and then transfer don't it to me. Screw you. I'm just not going to do it. I'll put it on Facebook. Hell with it. Don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from there. However, However but, but we're on there. With that said, if you want to go look at our Driven Radio Show page on Instagram, yeah, uh, have at it. Yeah, feel free to knock you yourself right out. That. It's a little dated. Let's see if we can get thousands of fucking followers. I, I make it a night with two posts. Yeah, I, I, I post a couple pictures there for every big auction, and that's about it. It'd be funny if we, we just let other people so six post pictures. stuff. Here, you do it. Yeah, <laughs> take your part, car pictures, put them up here. We don't care. Here's can they the do that? Can you crowd crowdsource Instagram? I don't know. You might be a you might be a leader. Here's what I, here's that's what a, I don't understand. That's a great idea. Here, I think we should have yeah. another drink and do the show. You know, hey. Here's what I don't understand. <laughs> I've had someone follow Craving Cars, so you know I click and see what their page is like. Uh-huh. And I'll go there, they'll have zero posts, but like hundreds of followers. How does that work? I don't know. 
I don't get it. That's called a spoof. You, you know, Joe yeah. Logan, uh, Joe Rogan in one of his stand-ups was talking about some girl in Florida that just does nothing but take selfies of her butt. And he said she's got 9 million followers. And he was talking about all the lewd pictures she probably gets sent. And he said, I bet if she cleared all of those off her phone, it would be physically lighter. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I there really like that one. <laughs> anyway, yes. uh, I almost never post to Instagram, but you can check out the page and listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell your gearhead friends. If there's something you'd like to hear more of or if you have an interesting story, tell us. Please, mm-hmm. we'd love to hear it. You know, we'll put you on the show. We'll embarrass you. We'll make fun of you. <laughs> we'll talk about Instagram. Or praise with the you. hell out of you. Depends what you do for a living. We'll, we'll give you all of our uh, great grilling recipes and drink recipes or whatever you want to do. Send your emails to Brett at drivenradioshow.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, that's a record. That's the longest that's it's ever taken us to get through that. What have you guys done with cars and bikes in the last week? I just want to say, and I know I've said this before, but. God, I really love my Porsche. (laughs) (laughs) It really is a fantastic driving machine, and I did just that this last weekend, is went out for a drive, thinking it could be the last one I have of this season, of this year. Yeah, that's no joke. But I think we are going to get a few more warm days over the weekend. Uh, Tomorrow ain't going to be one of them. Tomorrow is going to be... Of course, it's Thanksgiving. Right? Just, just <laughs> Arctic cold. Awesome. Uh, I good. was, I was thinking, hey, I got the day off tomorrow. Before I have to go to Thanksgiving, I'll go ride one of the Harleys. Nuh-uh. No, no, <laughs> not no. Nope. Uh, it's it's going to be way cold. But I think Friday and Saturday is supposed to be pretty nice, so you might get a chance. Well, I'm taking off to Chicago on Friday morning, so I I will be in the the, the, the golf. So the I won't have City. my Porsche with me, but. But this last weekend, I I did get to visit our friends at the Kansas City Automotive Museum. Cool. It's been a long time, but I did make it to a Cars and Coffee. Was it one of the ones in the parking garage? No, this was at the actual museum. Oh, cool, cool, cool. I got to say hi to to everybody. And, 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 you know, it was a little brisk last Saturday here, but it still had a pretty good show up. Aren't they doing a Christmas thing here soon? They typically do their Santa uh, cars and coffee with Santa, and they do pancake breakfast. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, with Chris Cakes. I'm thinking yeah. it's time to break out the Santa suit and the little red and white Corvette and go over. I oh, think that would be, be so an awesome idea, and I will break out my camera for you on that just uh, because. Why not? Now, this last time, I actually went as a civilian. Yes. Um, and so I just no kind of wanted no to video, enjoy it. just go and dig it. Yep. And a small group of us kind of went cruising afterwards, um, and that was kind of fun. And it's funny because it, towards the end, we, we, we went out for lunch at a pizza place. But I found myself like, wow, uh, for some reason I got in front of everybody and how I was leading the group. So I was like, good thing I know where I'm going. Because <laughs> then that would have been an interesting cruise. Uh, where's lunch? I don't know. Follow me. Uh, we'll go somewhere. Yeah. But uh, it was a lot of fun getting the getting the car out, uh, just driving it. Um, I know there's better cars out there per se, but I can't you know, really imagine like just you know around town. I mean, because you're not you can't go all out on these cars, no matter how much horsepower you really have, unless it's like three, and yeah. then you have to go all out in order to, to actually move. But for what I'm doing and how I'm driving, I can't imagine. And there's got to be, but there maybe the Maybe it's not that much further ahead, but I can't imagine it being that much better. I 
appreciate where you're coming from. Uh, that that 65 Corvette has become my favorite car to drive. And it's not fast. And it, it corners pretty well and it brakes pretty well. It's certainly not in the league that your your Porsche is. But it's such a blast to drive. It's so much fun to drive. And it's involved. You cannot be doing anything else. I wrote a driving mm-hmm. impressions of that car uh, uh, last week or the week before for GM Authority. And one of the things I said is, while you're in there, you cannot be jacking with your phone, eating, smoking, practicing witchcraft, building a birdhouse, or any of the other crap you see people doing instead of driving. Mm-hmm. You are involved in what's going on, yeah. and you don't, you're not paying attention to anything else. You're driving the car. And I love that. I love it. Mm-hmm. There's no... You know, it's still very analog. There's no ABS. There's no traction control. And there's nothing to rescue your butt if you do something stupid. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Um, I think mine, as far as as new as it is compared to your 65, has that same kind of deal. Aside of the fact, yes, there's ABS. There is traction control, but there is a 100% completable defeated button if you wanted it to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and your car's going to be a hell of a lot faster. It's got better power, and plus, being a mid-engine car, it's going to have much more neutral handling oh, yeah. characteristics. I don't care. I, the, the steering is just ridiculous. I, and and plus, my car, you know, it's loud. It deafens you, and you're going to smell like exhaust. But see, I can. I can <laughs> that's the thing, though. I can see being in a car like yours mm-hmm. and enjoying it as well. That, but that's what I'm saying. I can see myself enjoying myself that good in another car mm-hmm. in a different kind of way. Well, you've ridden in But I, I don't know that there's a, a level a whole lot higher than that. Yeah. And you've, ridden, just you've ridden in levels. that car. You know what it is. It's visceral. You yes. feel everything that's going on. Yes, very much so. And it's, uh, uh, it's great for that, for that reason alone. So I absolutely get it. Mm. And cool, man. I'm happy for you. You have I- a newly refreshed... Yeah, nearly fresh 2008 Chevy Silverado 1500 work truck with a six cylinder. Yeah, and it uh, and it runs, and I don't worry about the engine catching fire or just exploding. <laughs> well, so, and, your, and your heat's working more or less when it wants <laughs> to, yeah. and it's slightly well, quieter. Let me put it this way: the the heat definitely it it will get hot if the blower is freaking working. But you know mm, that's, that's a, another that's another kind story of tricksy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and I, and that's a blah, wah, wah, wah on that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, came back up from uh, Branson and back and in my own home now, mm-hmm. and oh. uh, got another trip or two to to make to kind of. There's a couple of things need to work yeah, with and being back real in estate. your own home and uh, back yeah. in your Dude, own bed. How's your bed feel? Dude, it's uh, you know what? It's it's fine. It, that's not it, strangely enough. That's not what I really notice. What I really notice is just. This that's, is my house. This is my stuff. That sense of being able to kind yeah. of shake off the load. I'm in my element, yeah, and, is. which is really there nice. Is. And my wife mm-hmm. has been really nice to me, which is de- delightful. Uh, Always. I, I don't know that I deserve it, but I'll take it. Of course not. And, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> She's like, it's just been weird with you, God. I'm like, no, I know, right? It's been It's been a month. Since I'd been home, and even my cats were nice to me, which was shocking. Because cats don't do that for anybody. But no. Well, they probably also noticed, you know, I'd rescued, what, three 
kittens. One yeah, of them, you, one you of them, one of my like wife was visiting. Else. Yeah. And they're like, hey, hey, what's up with that? What's up there? I, <laughs> hey, I don't know whether your shoes are sexy or enemies, but I like it no matter what. <laughs> I'm going to rub myself. Yeah, right? hey, give, me, give me the shoes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so good to be back home. And I, I didn't get to drag the bike out. I wanted to over the weekend, but mm-hmm. it's there's just so much crap I now, unloaded from the got, truck and buried and you, this and you, that. You still have stuff to sort out, but I got to imagine that first time sitting back on your own bed as you're you know you're swinging your feet in and starting you you've got to be thinking i thank god (laughs) (laughs) pretty much pretty much even that new sink that i just had to put in because the sink stopped working no it's all good bring it on yeah well i do that and i didn't go anywhere it's just the end of the day you know (laughs) that's called today you sit down you roll on your bed and you're like Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, darling. I've missed you. All righty. Well, you guys are going to have to put up with me for a minute because I've, I've done a lot of crap. Okay. Okay. Hit first me. things first. I finally put the uh, Holstein Hide saddlebags on the Moog Glide, so the bike is complete for the first time since I got it. It how looks long did it take? glorious. It was a big pain in the butt. No, I meant like since it's been complete. You've had the bike how long now? A uh, year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, it's been a year and a half, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I finally got the damn 65 Corvette inspected and tagged after only six months. Ah, you know. So she's it's mine now. That's a record. Uh, have you? When's the quickest you've ever tagged a 65 before? Mm, you know. Uh, <laughs> shush. It's day on the agate. <laughs> I haven't come up with a personalized tag for her, but it is on an antique tag. Now... For all of you who do not live in the state of Kansas, there this is one of the reasons I love driving old cars. In the state of Kansas, if you've got a car that's on an antique tag, which means it's 35 years old or older, mm-hmm. it costs $17 a year to tag it. Oh, my gosh. $17 a year to tag it, which means, and you pay that at the beginning of the year every year. You just pay it in January. Which means this January, when it comes around, I will tag the 60 Corvette, the 65 Corvette, and the 61 Impala for $51. Oh, that ain't right. <laughs> what a shame. That's a, doesn't it just seem awful? You suck. And they don't even send you a, uh, a, a an annual sticker to put on the tag to show that it's just renewed. Antique tags are permanent. Mm. Oh. You never get a new tag. You never get a sticker. It's just an antique tag. You pay your fee and you put the paperwork in your glove box For and now. that's it. You're done. Now, do you have? did you have to go through all the, or is that in effect now where they, they, you know, for a while there, we talked about it several times on the other show yeah. we did every once in a while about uh, the tags where it too. has to be certain accuracy of, you know, well, 95%. Well, yeah, but the 65, um, uh, it's all, you know, the numbers jive on the yep. title and on the, it's basically then, all original. And, and I've got a lot more to discuss with that 59 Corvette that the that the state sees. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of that, but that's another show. Anyway, uh, everything it checked out. It, nice. It was inspected. Everything cleared, which was great. Awesome. You know, I was sitting there, and underwear was a little tight because I was thinking about that guy who got his car seized. And, <laughs> oh, but anyway, they, they got it done. It's through. They sent me my paperwork. I've got a crappy 
paper temporary tag to put on the car that I'm not going to put on the car. I'm just going to stick in the glove box, mm-hmm. and that'll be that. <laughs> That's what I did, too. <laughs> I've been writing a series of driving impressions articles uh, for GM Authority and Ford Authority, and I have I wrote one on the 60 Corvette, one on the 65, and on the Impala, and on a 75 Bronco that Vern Estes has, and I've got a, uh, courtesy of Vern, I've got a, a, a 65 or a 66 uh Shelby GT350 lined up and an early Pantera lined up and all that stuff. But one of the other things that I got lined up mm-hmm. from a builder buddy of mine here in town, he has invited me to come and drive his 1970 Chevy Chevelle. And you guys know I got a thing for 70 mm. Chevelles. Yes. Except Bruce's has a like 650 it. horse 502 <laughs> in it. <laughs> All engine. Suddenly my right foot got 10 pounds heavier. <laughs> uh, yeah, throw a brick on it. Go like hell. Uh, I can't wait to go drive that. The other thing is I was talking to a friend of ours uh, yesterday, and I told you guys about this, but nobody listening has heard yet. I got an invitation <laughs> to go drive a 1,000-horsepower electric Jeez. Cobra. Just wow. stupid. Now it's not a, it's not in town. I'm gonna have to travel to go do this. Oh sure. But the the idea that I'm going to get to drive something so ignorant, I will be making sure that I've got the legacy folder filled out for my wife so she knows what to do <laughs> after I turn myself into a bug splat. <laughs> but uh just the idea of it. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I can't wait to do that. Just too much stupid to go around. Uh, finally, weather's kind of turned to pot like we were talking about. I put the 65 Corvette away a couple of days ago. Uh, it's going to be really cold. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. It's supposed to be icicly cold tomorrow. Uh, but it might warm up for the weekend. And if it does, I'm sure I'm going to pull out toys and do stupid stuff this weekend. Mm. So there's that. This week in the news, there is a time capsule Buick GNX for sale on Bring a Trailer. Porsche may be bringing us a bigger people hauler, and Mopar marks the end of an era. Our special guests this week, God, this is going to be a zoo. Our special guests this week are a collection of traffic scoff laws and members of the Fraternity of Lunatics who have just completed a coast-to-coast race in a collection of underpowered crap wagons. They will be here. Oh, and... And nobody will be surprised that our friend John Ficara organized all this. It's all his fault. They will be here in segment two to tell us all about their exploits. Uh, We've got plenty of news this week, so let's get to it. From Motor Authority, who didn't make me pay a subscription fee to read the story. (laughs) Dang it. I was going to have that joke. Comes uh, a story about a 1987 Buick GNX with 759 miles for sale on Bring a Trailer car hasn't gone 800 miles in its lifetime a 1987 buick gnx with just 759 miles is currently up for bids on bring an bring a trailer at the time of recording it had already attracted a high bid of two hundred thousand dollars and there's still seven days to go in the auction god it's go buick that's a house it's not a big house, but it's a house. Yeah. As a refresher, the GNX was the ultimate version of Buick's muscle car for the 80s, the Grand National. You remember Grand Nationals? It was Buick's oh, Monte Carlo, except it had a 3.8 liter turbo V6 in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it. It was the performance version of the Grand National. 
had that 3.8 liter uh, turbo V6, and they got great power out of that. But for the final year of production in 1987, uh, the GNX, which is short for Grand National Experimental, uh, used a beefed-up version of that 3.8-liter Turbo 6 and a four-speed automatic transmission, and it was tuned to produce 276 horsepower and 360 pound-feet of torque. Remember, this is 1987. Mm-hmm. Corvettes put out 240 horse. Right. This is making 276. And furthermore, that number is BS. I will explain <laughs> why in just a minute. And, and I don't even think 5.0 like Mustangs even did 200 horsepower at that time. No, I think they were like a buck 85 yeah, or right. that neighborhood. They yeah. give anybody for a Fox body. Guys well, uh, Camaro IROCs were... 190? Yeah, I th- I think in the 305. In the they, 305, yeah. They had a 350 that was 230 horse, but you could only get it with an automatic. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, the GNX, they claimed it could do a 460 to 60 and do the quarter mile in 12.7 seconds. And at that time, that that was quicker than a Ferrari F40. That's actually fairly quick even today's standards. Yeah, that's still quick. And that's why yeah. I'm going to – I'm calling shenanigans on the 276 <laughs> yeah, horsepower. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, here's why. Ronda's – 2005 GTO mm-hmm. is pretty close in weight to what that GNX was. It puts out 400 horsepower and 400 pound-feet of torque. It runs a four and a half zero to 60 and runs a quarter in the 13s. 405 horsepower, if I'm not mistaken. I hope it is. I think I thought it was 400. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just messing with it. It makes no difference, right? 400 horsepower. It doesn't matter. To, out of a so you're, t- you're telling me that a car that weigh, that is similar in weight within a couple hundred pounds mm-hmm. and puts out 276 horse runs faster in the quarter than Rhonda's car? Okay. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh, <laughs> nuh-uh. Not never. I call him BS. Uh, the GNX, by the way, getting back to it, is currently up for auction as number 114 of only 547 made. They only made them for one year. They made 547, and that was it. They were gone. Now, GNXs for the last couple of years have gone just st- stupid. They've brought unbelievable money. And like we were talking about before the show, I've seen probably a dozen and a half or two dozen GNX auctions where the cars had fewer than 2,000 miles on them. And they all went for six figures. They all went for unbelievable money. Mm -hmm. I'm sure this one will too. Uh, Aside from having aftermarket window tint, it looks to be completely stock. Uh, Besides, if you got, you know, it looks like Darth Vader's Buick anyway. It's completely blacked out. Oh, yeah. I was reading through a couple of the things here uh, on it, on uh, Ring Trailer, and I guess they had they beefed up the rear suspension a little bit. Oh, no, I've, I've written a couple of GNX articles, yeah. yeah. There's uh, functional vents in both fenders. It's got a power bulge in the hood. They changed the suspension around. They stiffened the frame up. The, the GNX package involved an awful lot. I'm pretty sure GM lost money on those. It wouldn't surprise me. What, do you know what they sold for new back then? Twenty nine grand. Wow. Well, you know what makes it so expensive now? Your Cor- GTO was uh, more money than that. Even with a sagging headliner, what makes it so expensive is that dash plaque. Yep. The dash plaque. It has a dash well, plaque. Well, therefore, that makes but there's a cooler, lot of things. Okay? It's the, the basket <laughs> weave wheels and the dash plaque, and there's a whole bunch of – there's a litany of stuff that – If it had Craigers, it would be worth more. It's the dash plaque. <laughs> 
Maybe you'll find. <laughs> hey, you know what? Bid this one. Fifteen inch craggers and a set of BF Goodrich raised <laughs> white letter damn radios. Damn right. That's right, Mickey baby. Thompson's. <laughs> now, was the Grand National put out there? I know it was the, the this country's. It was the fastest production car here. Was it the world's fastest or just in the United well, States? Well, it wasn't fastest because they topped out. I think about a buck thirty, give or take. It was the quickest. That okay. Well, then, was, then, then we're going to go with acceleration fast. Yeah, it was, it was it okay. was quicker uh, through the quarter than an F forty, and it was quicker through the quarter. Uh, car and driver. No, no, no. Wait, wait. I'm I'm speaking out of, out of turn here. Okay. It wasn't the GNX. Um, the Grand National. It, it wasn't the Grand National. A couple of years later, when GMC came out with the Cyclone, they ran one head to head through the quarter with a Ferrari three four eight, and it just skunked the Ferrari. Dang. Now, of course, top end the Ferrari is going to wipe the floor with that sure. Cyclone. But uh, how mad would you be if you pulled up next to a little GMC pickup in your Ferrari and you got your ass handed to you? <laughs> you would. Pro- I would think you would double. I'd go back to the Ferrari dealership. Your, I'd be very yeah. upset. Yeah, I think you double My check. My redneck would be and, so happy. And realize, yeah. <laughs> Hot damn! Another one for Motor, motor Authority. We saved some they money. <laughs> a three-row Porsche SUV could be coming after dealers are shown a new model bigger than the Cayenne. Blasphemy, you say? That's right. Porsche's making a minivan. Now, I wonder if it'll be rear-facing kidding, so that the kids can get you know car sick faster. I always <laughs> liked that carbon monoxide rear-facing seat. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I think. Have I told this story before about uh, the comedian talking about he had a friend when he was a kid who had been in a like a fireworks accident and had lost one of his hands oh, and God. so he had a nub oh, yeah, he would... and his parents had one of those rearward facing seats in the station wagon he went with them on a summer vacation someplace and that kid was ducking down under where cars behind them could see the through the tailgate and they'd stick that stump in his mouth and then come back up and look at the car behind him people be swerving all over the road <laughs> <laughs> well, who wouldn't <laughs> Genius. Oh, <laughs> I love it. You know, when we were young, we didn't need a third row seat. They just threw us in the back of the station wagon with oh, all the rest yeah. of the luggage. You know what oh, will yeah. stop you? The people in the front seat. Yeah, well. <laughs> you hit something, it's all right. Hey, just, you won't make it all the way up. Just like those old cars that kind of had optional seat belts. There's a great video on YouTube of a 2009 Chevy Impala versus a 1959 Chevy Impala in a head-on offset car Oh, you know, car crash, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and, and it's testing. It's not real yeah. people, yeah. but they show the aftermath of that, and the steering column would have impaled you. <laughs> it would have Probably. gone right through your breastbone, man. Yep. You would have been the world's. But you would have looked like a pot sticker. <laughs> What's your name, Bob? First name Shishka. Bob. <laughs> 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 so anyway. All right, well, three-row Porsche. Porsche, oh. Porsche <laughs> may, be, may be ready in a new uh, a new model, bigger we threw than, them off. than the Cayenne crossover. <laughs> so uh, Automotive News reported on Tuesday that Porsche held a meeting last week with some U.S. dealers where it presented an image of a vehicle longer and wider than the Cayenne. Uh, the vehicle, which is reportedly due in the second half of the decade, wasn't a traditional crossover, one dealer described it as part sedan, part crossover. Another said it had a flat rear design. I don't want one unless I can get wood grain trim up the side. I really hope it's got some. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new Porsche. Movie called Vacation. The, the new yeah. Porsche Country Squire. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> 
Such uh, descriptions point to something more like a wagon, uh, <laughs> one likely big enough to fit a third row seat. Yeah. Oh, so uh, Porsche awesome. is best known, obviously, for the 911, but the company's top sellers are the Cayenne and the Macan. You know, you know what this SUV is. Department. This, this is a bunch of married yeah. guys who want Porsches and can't get them. Their wife's saying, "Hey, oh, sure. down. And so I'll go get a Porsche, but it has to call, right. call my my four kids and a dog and a bunch of crap for the beach. And, That's right. Porsches losing out to the people with the bigger families that had to go buy a suburban or an ex, or a, a, a expedition. Yeah, uh, where a three row model could hopefully change that uh, factor. So you're right. The ones with the bigger families can say, I drive a Porsche. I know it's keeping the company afloat. But yeah. I know. It's, it's kind of a, yeah, you know, I, I got you. I got you. I right. said, I I'm sitting completely. here going, ugh, ugh. Yeah. Hey, Mark, what do you drive? The 2008 Silverado that may or may not die at me, uh, die hey, on hey, me at hey, any well, moment. So, uh, you know. My, my daily's sitting in the garage, that 03 Ford F-150. So It's awfully big cojones of me to be crapping on a new Porsche. <laughs> yeah. It's well, not a pickup. My yeah. biggest uh, car as far as passenger <laughs> seating right now is a Golf <laughs> GTI. So, I mean, yeah, there you go. I don't Same. drive big vehicles anyway. So, so you, go, you go, Porsche. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. It is possible the new model <laughs> might replace the Panamera, uh, whose U.S. sales for See, 2021 uh, will likely reach fewer than 4,000 units. So. That's kind of sad. I like the Panamera. I now, think it's got nothing but better over the years, too. I, I know at first blush it looks a little like a dog trying to do its business, but I like the Panamera. <laughs> the old one did, not the new yeah, one. Yeah, I think the, the, dog, old one. The, the old one did look like a dog hunching in your yard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. trying to scrape its third row across your carpet. Nice. Right, right. Well, Done. Doing the rectal bobsled. <laughs> you also got to think that the Taycan already comes close to matching the Panamera uh, with the size. Uh, really, the difference in length is just over, what, three inches? You're really mulling on that rectal bobsled thing, aren't you? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm having to give that a lot of thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three inches. It's not that big a difference, right, honey? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right, Jim. I'm insufficient. It, it, hold on, hold on. It depends what the base measurement really is. Whether that three or inches is now. If you're only dealing with five, that three inches is a lot. So moving on from road and track, you. Wow. <laughs> That he I, had to pay for. <laughs> I, I think we found the podcast third rail. <laughs> yeah. The third row. Uh, Dodge is going to end Hellcat production after 2023, you bastards. Oh, say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Dude, we all love the Hellcat. It's, uh, it represents 707 or more supercharged horsepower. You put it in a Dodge or a Jeep or if you get the crate, whatever the hell you want. Yeah, put it in whatever you want. Uh, after an era that saw the engine go into everything from a Ram to a Challenger, the Hellcat as we know it. Headed for retirement. 2023, final model year for it. Uh, Dodge CEO Tim Kaniskas. Up yours, Tim. Said, said <laughs> that uh, it leaves just two more years to walk into a dealership and walk out with between 707 and 840 horsepower worth of Charger or Challenger off the showroom floor, baby. Uh, that still blows my mind. Did you guys ever thought that you could walk into a dealership and, and, and buy a car with that kind of power? No, you know, no. The, the last 10, 15 years has been a glorious time to be a, be a car guy. Stupid and wonderful. The last hurrah for gas. I said, I said car guy, stupid and wonderful. There we go. <laughs> Good point. There it is. <laughs> Duh, I'll put a bigger engine in it. Watch me go. That's, that's just still insane to me. It really, I mean, when we're looking at supercars that were barely reaching 500 horsepower, the Bugatti uh, it, what, EB110 was what? 500 something horsepower that reached 218 yeah. miles an hour yeah and it's like wow look at that power no way oh, and yeah? then look at this crap look at this 
Yeah, I'll put it in a Jeep and skunk you. Hold my beer, you know? <laughs> Hold my beer power. You got, <laughs> the HMB. You yeah. got to love the idea of the Trackhawk <laughs> with all-wheel drive. You know, what a great way to launch off the line and scare the bejesus out of your kids. Well, did, you, did you know you can get third-row seating in that vehicle? Boom! Boom! Screw that portion. Win. You know, it's fast enough to win a race on the street, strong enough to pull your trailer. (laughs) (laughs) And the family's still in it. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's not the end of the big horsepower, though. That's kind of the funny thing. At Dodge, uh, Kaniskas added that the company plans to reveal an electric concept early next year, previewing an, an announced electric muscle car that will debut for sale in 2024. Also in 2022, Dodge will reveal a brand new plug-in hybrid that's not based on an existing model. And, you know, at least Dodge and hmm, generally, really? now I, I don't know, now that they're, you know, CUNY, Wanda, Star, whatever the hell the name of the company is now uh, that owns oh, them. Stellantis. Stellantis, that's it. Stellantis. Stellantis. It's a light beer and a car. That sounds like something uh, the doctor walked in and is like, sorry, but we've discovered you have Stellantis. <laughs> you have Stellantis. You've got 24 hours. <laughs> oh, and sh- it's ready. Sh- <laughs> uh, we found out you have Stellantis. Don't buy any green bananas. If they... Uh, <laughs> If they actually have some fun with the design, it may actually be kind of a fun-looking vehicle and not look like some melted, you know, ice cream scoop. Crap. I get that everybody, Maybe. all the car manufacturers are being pressured to do this. Maybe yeah. But I have two, two things that roll around in my mind. One, they're making all these products that are being pressured to, but do their customers really want them? When they pull the ultimate switch and there are no more gas-powered vehicles being sold new... Will their sales falter? Will they go down? And two, for Mopar, Mopar has been the batshit crazy of the big three here in the U.S. Fingers crossed. And we've all seen the the meme that's, that's got GM saying, well, we'll make this little electric car. And then Ford says, well, we'll make an electric Mustang. And then Mopar says, well... I'm going to snort a fat rail off of a stripper, <laughs> and then I'm going to cram a Hellcat motor in a minivan. <laughs> and make it a hybrid. Now, so, now imagine the so same will, SOBs going, okay, I've got 1,000 horsepower in this smaller power plant. What can I wrap well, that Well, that's with? just it. Do you think the Mopar faithful will follow them into that, or are they going to want to cling to all of their great gas-powered rumbling? Well, eventually well, that's going to have to fade away anyways because it's not going to be something they're going to be able to do. The great gas-powered rumbling will be you know, part of a great memory, but it's mm-hmm. the, it, it's what goes around that thing. It, the, like My problem with Tesla is I just think Teslas are freaking ugly, and most of the other uh, electric vehicles that I've looked at are just boring now, unless they make something that's really cool and had a gas-powered engine in it and put an electric one in it. The only thing I yeah. like about Tesla is that Model X they made that's got the gullwing back doors and it's got the celebration mode where the doors flap See, like a bird. I think that's actually the dumbest and, and the, most, uh, the ugliest thing that they offer. And you like it the best. <laughs> it's the only thing they offer that has any real personality to it. I, 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 I suppose you're right. It's a whole family right. of ugly everything sisters. Else, and I don't want to marry a single one of them. Everything else they make is tapered at both ends and it looks like it should be brown and floating in a jar. <laughs> 
There's only two electric cars out there that have been made in history that I actually think are cool. One, I might be a little biased. The Porsche Taycan actually No, I think cool. there's, sex, there's one at Aristocrat right now that's white with the uh, And the, the Remot yeah, that, that we talked about. That yeah. thing is ridiculously supercar beautiful. Okay, the super hyper cars but that's, that's completely like, out what, of mili- How many uh, millions you got? Yeah. That's how much that costs. So yeah. that's out of reach. Yeah, it's a lottery but still, one car. That goes to my point that if the, what they wrap that engine with, if it's cool... I think it'll sell, I th- but you know, if it keeps being scooped, it's, if it's we'll a if it. it's a long Dodge Neon, no. Maybe, well, and, maybe we'll find and again, our... I I don't think you're wrong there. I'm all excited about going and driving an electric Cobra because it's a stupid Cobra. It's a Cobra. <laughs> yeah, that's, a that's, a, Cobra. that's a different thing. Yeah, that's a different thing. So, but I, I I would say, are we going to finally get like a a remodeled Challenger or something? Because no, no, that they same said it, thing they said it's new. That's they what said I'm it's new. That's yeah, what my fingers crossed. I want it to look like a '68 Charger. Our special <laughs> guests this week are a collection of traffic scoff laws and members of the fraternity of lunatics who have just completed a coast to coast race in a collection of crap box cars and that is no joke they will be here next to tell us about the musket ball half-baked sea to shining sea memorial trophy dash and that is coming up next here on driven radio Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas, at least for like the next 10 uh, minutes. Yeah, like another <laughs> seven hours, and then we're all going to freeze when that cold front moves in. Yep. Our special guests this week are a collection of traffic scoff laws and members of a fraternity of lunatics who have just completed a coast to coast race in a collection of underpowered crap wagons. Everybody, everybody from the Musket Ball Half-Baked Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash, welcome to Driven Radio. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Now, fortunately, in this group of miscreants and uh, lawbreakers, this wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yes, we've got a couple of uh, repeat offenders with us. Uh, Mr. John Fakara, who's been with us uh, more than once, and Fred Ashmore, who held the uh, individual (laughs) coast-to-coast cannonball run record. Uh, Gentlemen... Hey, welcome back. And, John, this is all your fault, as I understand. Allegedly. Allegedly, Allegedly yes. Allegedly, my fault. Yes. Allegedly, maybe, possibly. You can't prove it, but maybe. If uh, something did actually happen, it may have been me. Maybe. But probably yes. not. Probably, well, probably not. not. Probably yeah. not. So, allegedly, how did you come up with the concept for the Musketball Half-Baked Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash? And please explain the significance of the date. Okay. Well, first, the date that we left on was November 15th, which is the 50th anniversary of the first competitive cannonball back in 1971. Um, How we came up with this, actually, my friend Pierce Plam, who I've done multiple cannonballs with, we were kind of just John, and he always wanted me to do another run after the 2904, and I never did want to do another 294. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. Do- what? I'm going to have you circle back real quick. But for the yeah. uninitiated, uh, give a quick thumbnail of 2904. So the 2904, I kind of resurrected the competitive cannonball in 2007. 
with a challenge I put out to some friends that we, we saw Alex Roy's run and his, his the quarter million dollars he spent on his car and search planes and submarines and whatever else he hired for that thing. And uh, I put together an idea that we should do a run, a cannonball run, but on the cheap. So it was 2,904 miles from New York to San Francisco. So I said that we had to do the entire run for $2,904. That was the car, fuel, tolls, tickets, everything. And we ended up doing that run from 2007 to 2017 when I was finally smart enough to put it to bed. <laughs> and and, and, it, and it, there it laid uh, for quite some time. And then Pierce kind of poked me. It was COVID and we were all making really bad decisions during that, that time. And uh, well, not, also, the, not some, just then. Yeah, true. Always. Not just then. But worse. And... Uh, it was also the, during the COVID runs by the real high, high horsepower cars um, that Arnie and Doug were running and the other Audi and people were doing obscene times with no traffic. And uh, I, we were like, what if we did it again? Because something had to happen for the 50th. Sure. And we we're like, what if we did it again? But we limited not the money, but the horsepower. <laughs> so musket ball obviously is much smaller and slower than a cannonball. And that's where the name came from. And then we limited to 100 horsepower at the wheels. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and figuring, you know, like, how how bad could it go? How many bad choices could be made for, with that kind of horsepower? The answer is a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and so I kind of put it out there, I guess, about six months ago or so and to see if anybody was interested. And, of course, it just... I got mobbed by requests, um, and uh, I think I was, made that, a few really dumb ones in that time too. You did. You you were like going. You were the guy who's all like, you know, you could do that on a motorcycle. That's less than a hundred horsepower. I'm like, you're insane. I, I still <laughs> think it movie, can be done on a bike. The only, <laughs> the only way you should have been doing it is you got to be doing it like in the movie where he's got the the. the that the KZ four hundred on the back, oh. doing, doing a wheelie all the way across the country. Yeah. That would have been allowable. I'm not sure my balance is that good. <laughs> I would have paid to see it though. <laughs> so, fiftieth anniversary of the original Cannonball, as organized by Brock Yates, and yes. yep. fewer than a hundred hundred horsepower or less. Correct, and that was the only rule. So people could choose whatever car, whatever year, spend whatever money, take whatever route. Because um, I was kind of interested to see how people would interpret that. And you know, we had Jay with a new car essentially, and we had people in super old cars. I mean, my Audi is a 1985, uh, so we had an incredible breadth of different weird vehicles. One of my favorites being a Citroen XM oh, uh, wow. from 1990. Oh. Uh, that was awesome and we also had the best one of them all and it's too bad somebody from the, that vehicle's not here is um was one of those little joy pop vans the, the suzuki ones the little minivans from mm -hmm. japan dressed up like the transcon minivac from, <laughs> oh, man. transcon minivac that's hilarious yeah, minivac yeah. so we had all kinds of all kinds of fantastic cars and, and people from all over the country 
from all different backgrounds. Uh, it was, it was, it really worked out really well. We're, we were excited to have it happen. All right. All you other guys who are waiting and we got a pile of them, we are getting to you. I just got a few <laughs> questions to ask John and then we'll be around. Uh, how many people and how many teams entered? Um, there were 27 cars. And this is unusual of all the ones that I've, and all the ones I've organized before, usually it, there's, let's say 40 cars are interested, 30 cars make it to the start and 20 cars finish. Wow. And all 27 teams made it to the start. All 27 cars made it to the finish. Um, you'll have to talk to Steve about that. Cause he had, he, he made sure his car finished. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it was 20. So uh, people wise, I think it was like s- almost 70 people. Wow. So there were some solo drivers, a couple of two car teams, mostly like three. So and then it was the bus. Good. We had a short bus following us with oh, five man. people in it. Um, <laughs> How short? But yeah, a, a good chunk of folks heading across the country all at once. So you're limited to uh, 100 horsepower or less. What were the penalties for being over on horsepower and how many teams were? I was hoping nobody would be over on horsepower because I didn't put a whole lot of thought into what to do about it. I had lots of penalties. Uh, my favorite penalty was you had to carry a live lobster <laughs> from New York to California and had to arrive alive on the on the coast. Um, the, what I, we did as far as I over think I, horsepower. I think I heard a bastardized version of that that went along the lines of you have to carry a live lobster in your lap. At which point I said, yeah. oh, screw that. <laughs> it was, it, we, we were hoping for lap. It, one of the, one of the specifics of that challenge is it couldn't have anything, any um, rubber bands on its claws. <laughs> like, so it had to be, it had to be active, an active lobster. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, uh, what we did at the start, at the start party, uh, we had it at a great dino shop in Connecticut called The Shop CT, and they hosted us. And uh, I gave everybody a little lobster sticker, and they could go around and put a lobster sticker on any car they thought were cheating. So the cars with the most lobster stickers are the ones we dino. We dinoed 11 out of the 27 cars, and four of them uh, were over. The Prius was over by one horsepower. Ooh. So what we gave people penalties, the penalties I, I, I gave were – 10 pounds they had to carry per horsepower over um, because that's kind of in racing is how it works out is like 10 horsepower for 10 pounds. And then I had them put together puzzles depending on how many horsepower they over, how many pieces it was. And they had to make them and glue them on the hood. So there were two, there was another team that was about 115 horsepower. They had to do a 300 piece puzzle and they had to carry a hundred and, and 50 pounds, and there were two teams, including Bradley and uh, David, that had were 25 horsepower over. Ooh. So they had to do a 500-piece puzzle, and they had to carry 250 pounds in their car. And a 500-piece puzzle, by the way, takes hours to do. <laughs> so they were up all night the night before. You couldn't prep your car. They're just putting together. And I th- and Brad actually, Brad and David didn't actually finish their puzzle until they got to the Portofino. They did another puzzle because Brad like raged. A- put it together like smashing it like we got it we saw in the morning it looked like a toddler had a tantrum it was like just smashed into pieces and um 
Might have been slightly frustrated a- after being up all night. Just gonna, didn't do much for my mood. I gotta say, J- Jay had to do the Prius had to do a 100 piece puzzle. His he attached his to the hood, and it lasted all the way across the country, which I thought was tremendous. Oh, congratulations! The, on that. the um, yeah, Brad and David, uh, they they we at the at the dinner before that we left. I gave everybody the option that I would let all the weight go and let the puzzle go if they carried the live lobster in the car. <laughs> and Bradley and David were like, we're on that. We'll take that. We will take the lobster. <laughs> and about an hour later, after I'm sure discussing it with lobster experts, like main people like Fred and other folks, that they must have been like, they, they, they contact me. They're like, uh, we're not going to do the lobster. Because <laughs> it's, it's impossible to keep a lobster alive in a car. But although I would love to have seen it, I was I, I wanted the the thing is I did I wanted the penalties to be funny and not too cruel, but I didn't want them to hinder them in the journey. I wanted everybody to leave at the same time. I wanted them to be on the road at the same time. Uh, I didn't want to take take away the experience of the musket ball because really I wasn't looking for a fastest time with this event. I was looking for a community of idiots crossing the country <laughs> simultaneously and having a good time doing it. And so, you, as oh, you man. are their leader. <laughs> allegedly. 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 Yes. allegedly. Oh, right. You are their alleged leader. <laughs> Senator, I will not confirm or deny those allegations. I did not have lobster with that woman. <laughs> two, two words, Mr. Senator. Probable deniability. <laughs> All right, final question for you, Mr. Fakara, before I get to yes, your sir. your wonderful <laughs> alleged fraternity. Yes. Uh, what was the fastest time? What was the fastest time, Bradley? I I I, have, I don't give a shit of what the fastest time was. <laughs> it was 30, 32, 32 hours seven. and seven minutes. Wow, that's and, wow. And really and, not bad. <laughs> Which I'll let, Brad, the, I'll let you I'll let run of the US Express. Yeah. So there was um, there was a run. After the cannonball called the C to C, what was it called? The, oh, the U.S. Express, right? Yeah. And that was kind of these these guys who wanted to keep the cannonball going in the 80s. Yeah. And they kept going just really stupidly. And uh, so Bradley and David in an allegedly 100 horsepower car, 125 horsepower, um, they matched the time of the original U.S. Express in 3207, which is astounding. Um, yeah, if you think is. about, like, some of the CDC Expresses, uh, Doug Tabbitt, who holds the record right now, built a special Monte Carlo with a, a big LS1, like a 450-horsepower 450 LS1 and a 60-gallon fuel tank, and he only did it in 3333. Mm-hmm. And that car is currently... On bring a trailer, on bring a trailer, and and you can buy this car. And when when we came into the studio, I was still the high bidder. So thank you very much. There you yeah. go. You yes, keep going. I am. You keep going with that, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that that's just what I need. <laughs> you need that car. You do need that car. It looked good sitting amongst the uh, the other old GM products sitting in my uh, warehouse. So let's start uh, first things first. Nick, you've been sitting there looking a lot like you're about to receive the verdict, and it isn't going to go your way. 
<laughs> that damn public defender. I'm, I'm used to that. <laughs> uh, it, Nick, your your team was Bean Counters and Beatniks. Uh, you and Rob Zappa. What made the two of you decide to do this? Allegedly, uh, well, so actually, yeah, allegedly, there was a third person on our team. Uh, my dad. Um, so you I, took your dad doing... to watch you do dumb stuff. <laughs> Uh, he participated. That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, wow. That yeah. sounds like my dad. Yeah. Cool dad. Yeah. So uh, I'd, I'd been into Cannonball for as long as I can remember, and I actually made a run this spring uh, on my own, and he really wanted to be a part of things. And so when I heard about the Muscaball, I was like, this is a great way to share that with him. Uh, I reached out to the group, and I said, is, is there anybody stupid enough to want to join along? And Rob immediately raised his hand. That I'm stupid enough. I would love to join you guys. I got the dome. Uh, right, right. Um, and and it, it worked out great. So it was the three of us. What did you drive? Was this something you had, or was it something you bought to do to do this this run? So I picked up a 1990 Volvo 240 sedan. Uh, I, I picked it up specifically for the run. Um, my family's had Volvos for years. My dad was an accounting professor. So as you can imagine, he definitely was a Volvo guy for quite a while. Um, and that kind of played into the team name, too, because we figured if you're a Volvo 240 driver, you're either an old school accountant or you're some kind of like a hippie. Um, so we even dressed the car up. We put bumper stickers on it and everything um, to really just play up the theme and, and had some fun with that. Did you make nice. any other modifications to the car? Uh, the car needed enough maintenance. There wasn't a lot of budget for modifications. We did add a fuel cell. Um but other than that, just mostly tune-up stuff. You know, it needed plugs, cap, rotor, wires, brakes, suspension, timing gears, everything. <laughs> Sounds like Dan Aykroyd with the 59 uh, Caddy uh, Miller Meteor when he shows up in Ghostbusters. So you bought an O'Reilly's yeah. Auto Parts. Nice. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Was this the first time you've ever done anything like this? Well, so I made a run. Um, it was myself and a buddy back in April. Um, in a Saab 9.5, and we also did 32 hours and 7 minutes. Bradley and, and David make me feel really dumb because I put a lot of money and effort into that Saab, and they just came out and tied me uh, with their wagon. Um, but this was the first time I did it with my dad and obviously with Rob and the first time in a competitive event. Did Has doing this changed you in any way? I mean, yes, it, for the better. I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, you know, it was, it was great to put some faces to names and, and meet a lot of these guys in person. Um, you know, meet some of the, the new people to the crowd, some of the people who are veterans long before I was ever involved. Um, so definitely as far as that goes, uh, it, it's been awesome. How about you, Rob? Was this the first time you've ever done this? Allegedly. Um, it was the first time I, um, completed it. I built a car for the 2019 CDC. And I broke down halfway across the country on that run. So, the car um, or you? The car or you? Not <laughs> <laughs> the car. Okay, okay I, I I'm with you. So I, I can't I, uh, take it anymore. <laughs> Screw <laughs> this anymore. <laughs> All right, Jay Roberts, you may have allegedly used a 2017 Prius for your alleged team. Goober says, "Hey." <laughs> Uh, I'm wondering, Jay, did you, what modifications, if any, did you make to the Prius? Um, other than installing uh, two 32 gallon fuel cells in the back, oh my. the car was a hundred percent stock. What's um, the normal fuel so, capacity on a Prius? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't set foot in one. Uh, 11 <laughs> gallons. 11 <laughs> gallons and 64, 64 additional gallons. 
did you stop? So, so I had uh, my original plan was to do it nonstop. Um, I had done previously some some fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred mile test runs at in uh, a steady ninety miles an hour. It'll get forty three, forty four miles to the gallon. You're so kidding? I was no, I am not. <laughs> We're and talking so about the steady thinking, 90 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. So, uh, so I thought, you know, 75 <laughs> gallons, you know, 40 miles a gallon, I can make it the whole way. But, you know, running through, allegedly, uh, <laughs> it was a four-hour stretch where I did uh, 408 miles in four hours. And I didn't get 30 miles to the gallon on, on that section. And I had did some math and was like, well, not enough fuel. So I made a quick stop in Brush, Colorado, topped off my fuel tanks, and made it the rest of the way. One fuel stop. So one fill-up for the entire trip. That was correct. Holy wow. cow. That's the password way. is catheter. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, well, I, well, I guess if you count the... I missed a modification. Um, I had a, uh, <laughs> a, a handy pee bottle and a funnel rigged up to drain through the floor. <laughs> so I guess you could oh. count that as a modification. Oh. If you there are truckers all over America now going, damn, that's I, genius. I, I didn't. I really There'll didn't. There'll never be a know Gatorade that. bottle beside the road again. Not at all. Jay, <laughs> you, were, you were running, was it a 2006 Volkswagen TDI? Volkswagen TDI. TDI. I also had one fuel stop, and that was only Oklahoma City. I had a forty-gallon tank in the trunk of the Volkswagen. I'll tell you, Oklahoma City makes everyone want to pee. So. <laughs> I love you, Oklahoma. It, I do. It, I, I think it, it. I don't love you, Oklahoma. It, at all. it, it, it gets a, a different a reaction from me. Yeah, yeah. John is not a fan of Oklahoma. No. <laughs> I think it's just cheaper there. <laughs> was this your first time doing this? My first event. I did a run early spring. In the springtime, we ran a, just a run with me and another guy. did pretty well. And we also did the uh, Smoking the Bandit run earlier in the year, and that's how I met most of these other guys. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. This is how Allegedly, you met. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. No, not doing anything. <laughs> Fred, we're coming back to you, right. brother. Uh, I'm right here. Now... Fred, you may have allegedly done runs like this before, uh, flying solo. This time, you were driving a 76 Chevy Laguna that was the spitting image of the Hawaiian Tropic car from the movie. What was powering that car? Uh, honestly, it was the original motor from the car. The car had been off the road for 30 years, and it hadn't even been rebuilt. So it was the original 100-and-whatever, 40-horsepower smogged up 350 that was original to the car and it never even been out of it did you wind up having to uh carry penalty weight or a puzzle or how did the car dyno well honestly um john and i had talked about this up front because what we were doing is we were doing a trip tribute to the 50th anniversary sure and i wanted to run on the same weekend as as the musket ball so i talked to john and i i told him i'd like to attend the, the event but not necessarily participate in the in the actual uh timed event i just wanted to be part of it be out there with the guys you know be of like-minded people so we weren't really subject to any penalties and the fact that the the drive shaft hasn't been on the road in 30 years i really wasn't looking forward to spinning it up and spitting it out on the dyno after i drove it from oklahoma (laughs) 
Ah, Oklahoma. Where'd you find the car? Um, the car was originally purchased in Colorado, and uh, Ben Wilson, who the founder of the C2C was, him and I collaborated to build this car. And two months ago, when I, I started building the car, the parts were stored in a friend's garage in Stillwater, and his shop burned flat. So oh. um, fortunately, I had a parts car that I purchased in Kansas, and I had most all the parts. So that car was built in 30 days from scratch, start to finish, Gee, when we showed up. That's impressive. What are you going to do with it now? Um, honestly, it's taken up garage space. Uh, really, what I want to do is I want to do all the things I didn't have time to do and couldn't do, you know, due to um, just parts availability and stuff. And, you know, I want to go through the brakes on it, make a little better braking system, get the AC working on it and stuff, because we certainly didn't need AC in November. And... Um, Ben, ben will probably use the car when he gets over here from New Zealand. He's in lockdown over there. I hope he's watching. I want to give him a shout-out. Uh, hopefully he can get over here. He can drive the car around for some of the other events. He'd like to make the Southern Classic if possible and, you know, just get back in with all the guys and stuff and see everyone. So right now the car sits here. I, I've got, I think, five Cannonball cars here now. Uh, we got the Mustang. We got the Cobra. We got the, the um, Galaxy. We got the uh, wow. Taxi that I – drive around with my cows in the back of, and we got the Hawaiian Tropic now. So we got quite a fleet here. When Ben gets over here, we'll probably decide what we're going to do with it. If you're looking for extra space, you might know somebody who owns a warehouse <laughs> outside Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> I may be hitting you up on that, really. Plus, I may, I may come over and cover the car. In 1992, I almost bought a Laguna. Uh, I had radically redesigned the front end of my uh, Nissan pickup, and traffic. so I was in. I was looking for a uh, a new ride, and I test drove. It was a Laguna that had glass packs. They were in the doors because somebody had broken in and shattered the windows, so that the doors went jug yeah. jug jug when it ran. And the the killing uh, stroke on the deal was when I was test driving it, and the the tailpipe just fell. And it's dragging and sparking all under it. And I'm like, you know, something about this says no. But oh, it, you it was sissy. the coolest looking Where's your car, sense of though? adventure? I mean, it was oh, yeah, like they're awesome about. looking cars. They were made for NASCAR. They're actually a really rare car. And had I not had the parts car, I, I really just don't think I, I would have made the run because there's there's no parts availability yeah. for a lot of your older cars, let alone a specialty car like a Laguna. Well, do any of the 442 uh, parts go to it? Uh, cross up? No. Nothing. Oh, Zero. Not There's nice. a 442 here in town the same year, and I actually went to that car to source it for parts, and nothing was the same. The only thing that's the same is the swivel bucket seats, and I already had a set of those. So Damn. Really, no use. <laughs> I bet you could have got the 8-track, though. I bet that would have gone right back in. You know. So. Oh, probably slid right in, plugged right got in, old. and, and, you- and played uh, – Slim Whitman or something. Hell right. yeah. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> Mr. Brown, you were driving a 1997 alleged uh, Saturn SL2 uh, that is nicknamed the Flying Pistachio. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about that car. Oh, boy. It, it is. It, it's a. It's got this glorious 1990s <laughs> shade of kind of this tealish green. And, um, it's like know, I'm in the Army. To, <laughs> yeah, right. Super. <laughs> This makes me laugh yeah. already. We haven't gotten to the grease yet. Yeah, and, and so similar to to Jay and and with Fred's experience, I'm a, a solo artist in in this community. So when we came up with team names, really dubbed it, you know, the Flying Pistachio, 
you know, to, to kind of have a name fitting with the, the car that was showing up for the Can for you the see the look on David's face right now? He looks like he's thoroughly unimpressed with the car. <laughs> so, Steve, tell us about your run. I know, uh, I know it wasn't as smooth as it could have been. It was it was quite adventurous. Uh, unexpectedly, um, the uh, the the car ran incredibly well, which I was surprised. I'd brought the title with me just in case something <laughs> catastrophic happened and somebody would either get a free car or or something negotiated on the side of the road. But the little car ran like a train, which was shocking, and everything was going great until Oklahoma. John's Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Fred, Fred would disagree. It was actually really close to, to where Fred's located at. And uh, similar to, to Jay, you know, pushing the car as hard as I could, it was, it was burning through fuel faster than expected. So I knew I, I would have to make a fifth stop instead of four. It's about three o'clock in the morning. Decide I'm going to make a, an unexpected stop here in Oklahoma and I, I pulled off on um, one of these left-hand exit um, oasis areas to, to get fuel um, pitch black I could see the lights of the gas station and I inadvertently entered on the truck side uh, of that facility instead of the auto side and so I'm running down this row of about 40 trucks and figuring out how to weave my way over to this you know gas station and I get to the last trailer and figure, okay, I'm at the, the end of the trucks. I got to get over to the left. So I pull the wheel over to the left. And unbeknownst to me, there's a, a concrete curve. <gasps> island oh, no. Separate traffic. <laughs> and out of nowhere, just this bang. And I knew the front wheels came off the ground because it was kind of a full moon that night. And all of a sudden, the moon was in the windshield. <laughs> and the moon's not supposed to be in the windshield. <laughs> And almost immediately, I feel the wheels hit the concrete, and then right after that, come off the curb, and the frame of the car drag oh. off the back, hey, go right into the to the gas pump. Did anybody watching just see David's eyes when you said concrete barrier? <laughs> I'm just looking at John's uh, reaction. He's just relaxed back, his hand behind the head, just going, oh, I know where this story's going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. After, after 12 cannonballs, nothing surprises me. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I just Especially wish you went back to right. the gas Especially station. in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. in Oklahoma. We call that an Oklahoma wheelie. Uh, <laughs> we call that the yeah. flying pistachio. Yeah. How bad exactly. was the damage? Back to the gas station yeah. got the footage. Hey, right. Uh, hopefully, thank God it was at three in the morning. Not a soul was around. I hope there's no security footage that's coming out on YouTube at some point. So, so yeah. Steve, how bad yeah. was it? So here's the, the interesting the legit part. flying pistachio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally the flying pistachio. And so I, I kind of come up to the pumps. The car's still running. Shut it off. Do my, my fuel stop. Lift the hood to check the oil. Everything in the engine bay is where it's supposed to be. None of the tires are flat. What's what's interesting Shocking. is the the automatics. I picked that car because it had cruise control. The automatics don't have overdrive uh, like the the five speeds do. So I put taller tires on the car to lower the RPMs on at speed. And I think it's probably what saved the front bumper. Um, but all four tires had air in it. Do the fuel stop. Start moving the car. Turn the steering wheel. There's no noise start rolling the car nothing's weird start get back on the entrance ramp take my hands off the steering wheel the car's tracking straight and so 
the car's running fine. And but what I didn't know was that the, the Saturns have a um a stabilizer bar on the front. Had and I I had sheared the bolts off of the driver's side <laughs> mounting bracket and where it goes into the to the control arm at the bushings. So I get back up to speed. I'm actually chasing Wesley uh, through most of the run, similar to our experience uh, with the Southern Classic. I chased Wesley yep. allegedly. You know, <laughs> but you didn't get it just followed me. In an allegedly yeah, broken car. Whatever I'm helping out. Yeah, yeah. So about 800 miles later in Kingman, Arizona, I, it's my last fuel stop. I've just got to top up to make it to LA. Find a gas station, swing in, fuel up the car, get back on the interstate. I'm blending into traffic. I brush the brakes and just everything breaks loose on the driver's side front. Just everything's vibrating, horrible noises. What's happening is the wheels coming back into the the fender. Oh, the, shit. The, the sway bar is now dragging <laughs> the ground. It had sheared off, you know, from oh. the control arm. And, and so I, I limp it to the next exit, get it behind a gas station. And then this was the crazy part. Within about 30 minutes, and it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and so start looking for a rental car, you know, to get out of there. Um, so Enterprise was the only game in town. It's 5 o'clock. They have no cars. So I asked the guy, is there anybody that rents cars in this town? And he says, well, there's this place, you know, this buy here, pay here, used car lot. They'll rent cars sometimes. And so I hang up, call them. They're open till 6 wonderful young lady named Nicole answers and says, I'll absolutely rent you a car. So I was like, great, hold one for me. I'll be there before six. I find a repair shop that I call. He says, yes, I'll take a look at it tomorrow. Find a tow truck, um, call them, get them on the way to take it. I've got to leave to get the rental car. So I left the keys in the gas door and 60 bucks in the glove box. (laughs) So this tow truck can pick the car up. Find a taxi service in Kingman, catch a cab over no. to this buy here, pay here lot, snatch the car up, and uh, drove in to uh, the Portofino. I got there about 1030 that night. Awesome. Wow. Absolutely awesome. All right. Our final pair. No, hold on, Brett, 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 Brett. Before you move on, Steve didn't finish his story yeah. because, like I said earlier, every car finished. True. Tell him what happened, Steve. So, so my time with the rental car, I got to the Portofino in 39 hours and 37 minutes, enjoyed the celebration, you know, John hosted an event the, the next night. No, I watched time. a lot of that event. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, Allegedly. you guys made an aluminum recycler very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So now it's Thursday morning. Everybody's heading out. I drive the five hours back to, to Kingman and you get to the shop and it's this, this little repair shop and you know, they had a hard time getting parts cause there was no hub locations around them, but they've got the stabilizer bar in. Oh wow! It's like noon bushings. They got to wait for bushings. So it's now like five <laughs> 30. They, they were wonderful people. They stayed late, got the car running to get me back on the road, catch the cab, same cab, cab driver takes me back or picks me up from the buy here, pay here lot gets me back to my car. It's now six, six thirty at night. I've got 24, 25 hours to get home, but the Portofino's five hours away in LA. And so I make this decision. I built the car to make the run. The car was built to go coast <laughs> to coast. This horrible car, like all of them were in the event. And I wanted to see it finished. So I pointed the car West 
on uh, I-40 and drove it on into the Portofino. And actually, Fred uh, was there waiting on me with some Aww. some other folks again oh, around 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Drove the flying pistachio into the Portofino, and the car's time was actually 87 hours and 11 minutes <laughs> to complete the run. But it finished. That's legendary, but it's also not the slowest cannonball ever. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to ask Bradley about that one. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, Speaking of which, uh, no, go right, go right ahead. No, I was just going to say that, uh, Fred, that is so awesome that you guys hung around because I was just totally visualizing Steve in a parking lot by himself going, yay! <laughs> oh, my God! Yay! I did it! And then have well, to leave. Well, it's always been one of those things to me that, that it, there's so many of these guys that do this stuff, and, and anybody who's ever been the first one across the country, there's there's nobody waiting for you. And, and you're, you're there by yourself. There's no brass band. You're fist punched in the air you're high-fiving yourself and the sweaty people you've been in the car with so you know to i anytime i've ever gotten there i've just always stayed up as long as i could to greet as many people as i could and when i i saw steve was coming across i, I told my brother i was like hey, we got to go down and wait for him nice really nice very, very cool. cool all righty it's, it's an amazing community because they do this for all the cars so every of the not the first car obviously but the rest of the 26 car there was always a crew and as people as people came in, the the group got bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the last car coming in, it was this mob waiting for them to come. <laughs> it's such a wonderful yeah. community of people that really care about each other, even though we're competing and everything. They were all helping each other on the road. They were telling people about cops, and they were telling people about all different things happening. It's incredibly supportive. All these guys are amazing. Just want to say that. It, it, it's, it sounds incredible. Now, last but certainly not least, Bradley and David, you two were in a 2011 Jetta TDI wagon. Team Never Say Die. Did you make any modifications to the car? Uh, what was your time? And was this the first time for both of you? Uh, it just spill guys tell us what all about it uh do you want to talk first bradley or do you care uh why don't you go through run down the car and then i'll do other stuff okay so the car like you said it's a 2011 jetta sport wagon um i ordinarily drive it every day uh mechanically the car is completely stocked despite the aspersions of the entirety of the competition. Everyone was like, no way, blah, 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 this, that, the other thing, you're tuning it, this and that. The car is dead stock mechanically, aside from a change of wheels and tires, much like Steve did. Um, it had taller wheels and tires on it, not for this run, but actually because uh, I had decided that the beetle wheels that I put on the car just looked better. Like I said, I drive it every day. Um, other than that, I added 57 gallons worth of fuel cells to the back of it underneath the rear cargo cover, uh, such that, uh, you cannot see it. But if you were to walk up to the car, like say, you know, law enforcement or something like that, which so plays in way later. What does that make your total fuel capacity? 57 plus what's the standard tank? Uh, 14 and a half gallons making for 71 and a half. Wow. How far? Of diesel. I know. How far does a TDI run on 71 gallons? So we did some like back of the napkin math on the drive up from Atlanta to Connecticut, and it turned out to be spot on, which, I mean, you should expect from two dudes as autistic as we are. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, it ended up getting about 29.8 MPG, uh, giving us a range of over 2,000 miles on a full fill-up. Oh, my God. So oh, brilliant. I, I, assu- I assume you left completely topped off. Where was the first fuel stop? The first and only planned fuel stop was uh, actually at, uh, at one of those oases that uh, Steve described, and I got off the same exact wrong way. So I'm, hap- I'm like, Steve, was that in Stroud, Oklahoma, by chance? It, it was about yes. there. Yeah, that is close <laughs> to where <laughs> we're friends located. <laughs> yeah, I, I told yeah. him to stop in Yeah, It freaks you out because it's a left exit. And then immediately is the car area, and you can shoot right past it. So I get it, David. I bet that both exactly. of you stay the hell out of Oklahoma after this. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. And there was a whole crowd standing in front of the rolling hot dogs watching the security cam go, We got another one! Boys, come over! Oh, shit, wheelies! <laughs> we did. We, we might have come in there at an excess rate of speed draining off. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> hot, uh, hot like the the, the, the reentry panels on the space shuttle. Hot. <laughs> like yeah. so, like uh, we we had planned that stop actually thanks very largely due to Fred. Uh, he had given me a primary, secondary, and tertiary place that I could hop off the highway real quick. Tertiary. He used a big gallon, gallon per minute pumps. It was like a cheat code essentially. Just bam, bam. Yeah. And, it was uh, the most refreshing, non-moving pee I had all day. <laughs> uh, we, we, might have, we might have not only topped off the three tanks on the 60-gallon-a-minute nozzles, but, like, I might have stopped to, to drop a deuce, and we were still out of there under two minutes. And that was 60 <laughs> gallons in three minutes, too. Yeah. We like, were in and out of that joint in two and a half minutes from, stu- from like, screech and stop to haul an ass out of there. Oh, my God. You know, Squat everybody else is trying to figure out how Bradley had, didn't give himself an aneurysm. And there he is <laughs> there in the uh, bat cave going, yeah, I can drop a deuce in one minute. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, let's just say that I was like full Venus. You do what you have to do, right? Yeah, the right. only time you fit in in Oklahoma. I, I know what he's talking about. It's, it's, for, it's for the sport. Christ. It's for the sport. It's the name yeah, of the game. For the love of the game. Yes, right. uh, They've got the Bradley Young Memorial uh, toilet back there, number four. <laughs> yeah, it's crap. Uh, so we, we had a very fast fuel stop. And had we not miscalculated a bit and overfilled the tank, um, meaning putting diesel on the ground because uh, we're in Maryland, uh, we would have we would have one hopped it across the country. Unbelievable! So, yep. For all of you, uh, first of all, thanks guys for taking the time. But are you all ready to go do this again? Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. John, by the way, John alluded to this. I think it's an important part of the story, so I'm gonna I'll I'll bring it up. I actually own the worst cannonball of all time, done on the 2019 C2C. Uh, 100 and 102 hours and 46 minutes. We just call it 103 for fun. Uh, uh, Did a tail shaft on the transmission at Summit in Talmadge, Ohio. Springfield, Missouri, John, Missouri is my state. So, uh, you know, we also, we did kind of break the curse because we got popped for 111 and a 65. Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. allegedly. 
That, uh, and allegedly the cop let us off. The cop, the cop let us off because we were in doctor's uniforms. Then the next four people through there all got busted. Oh yeah, shoot! Was <laughs> that was one of the que- that was one of the questions I didn't touch on for everybody. Did anybody get ticketed? I did. Not here. Nope. Good job. For I you. did. Nope. None for me. Who, who, who's the I Zero. did here? Is that you? Right. Oh, Jay. Um, Jay, I got a ticket. Jay, what was uh, what was your alleged ticket? Well, after I did the uh, cannonball run, two days later, I tackled a. That's uh, right. You did, you did California to, to Florida. Oh, yeah, my God. I did San Diego to Jacksonville, Florida, and I was pulling through West Texas and got popped for a uh, paltry and almost embarrassing with this crowd uh, a ninety-two and an eighty. <laughs> wow, that hey. seems really oh, minimal. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Shucks. What took the most time <laughs> was the West Texas person talking. Uh, now I think <laughs> you might have been going a bit fast. She was a lovely Hispanic lady who looked to be about five foot two, maybe weighed seventy five pounds, and the stop was done in eight minutes. Oh wow. wow. Fully wow. transactional. Yeah. yeah. Would you like fries with that? So, it's nice. Wham, bam, yeah, thank you, ma'am. Much. Here's your receipt. Get going. <laughs> yeah. John, can we expect any more alleged activity of this sort from you in the future? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is the last one. This was a special, to me, this was a special kind of one-off. I, 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 um, one of the other reasons I did, I did this that I didn't mention was that, uh, my car was a, a 1985 Audi Quattro that was built by Brumos as a cannonball edition in 1985. They made 12 of them. And there's only two that are still known to exist. One of them was owned by Ed Boley, and I have the other one. I promised the widow of the man who bought it new that I would cannonball it. Aww. And so this was my fulfillment of that promise. So I... I don't have another reason to, to 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 do another cannonball event that I can think of. Um, we were really lucky to pull this off as beautifully as it went. I can't imagine it going any better. Um, I did everything I ever wanted to do with a cannonball event. We did a Lamar start at the beginning, which was great watching a bunch of middle-aged men trying to run to their cars as quickly as possible. Um, like everything I ever wanted to do. And we pulled it off beautifully. It was a great community. Everybody was wonderful. So I'm going to focus on other things. The, the one thing I've been wanting to do is uh, cannonball around the planet. And we're calling it the 24900. And we're going to do what they did in 1908. We're going to go from New York to Paris and and uh, see if we can do it for less than the so the distance around the world is 24,900 miles essentially mm-hmm. so we're going to see if we can do it in vehicles that cost less than 25 grand and, I'm in all right I, I, everybody there's a bunch of people who are in we just the covid shut us down we started having we started talking to embassies and things like that to figure out what route it would be around the planet but we're going to try there hasn't been a round the world race not not a rally, not a rich guy thing, an actual race from New York to Paris, see who gets there first. 
I'm pretty sure we can do it in less than three weeks. I still think um, it could be done on a motorcycle. I vote BMW GS. <laughs> Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borm, Borman can eat me. <laughs> All right. You you are more than welcome, Brad. I will welcome that any day of the week. Um, so so we're, we, a lot of us are already building vehicles for that. So that's hopefully going to be in the next couple of years. And then um, Ben Safari and I have put together some stuff. We're, we're creating a little company called Drive a Go Go. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do uh, cannonball slash kind of top gear events, like five day events. And the next one's going to be, hopefully, if everything opens up, we're going to go from California, so probably like the Hara Museum in Reno, and drive to Alaska for the 4th of July, where this little town in Alaska jumps cars off yes. a cliff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. So we're going so we're, we're to get a crew of folks together. We already got, I already have like seven p- cars ready to go. We're going to do some more. And we're going to do like five or six days up through Canada. Each day is going to be a couple of challenges, like Top Gear challenges. If you lose, we take the doors off your car. If you win, we, if you win, we put shag carpeting in it. You know, like we'll have all this kooky stuff that we'll do. It'll be like a big adventure. And then at the end, we all just blow our cars up and go home. So, oh my God, so sounds. I've got uh, I've got other kooky oh plans God, in, so in place. Cool. Nice. <laughs> well, please keep us posted, and gentlemen. All of you, thank you so very much for taking a little time out of your evening and spending it with us. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Amen. And what an, what an epic adventure. I am so crushed that I couldn't make it uh, on this with you. I wanted to go more than you know. Uh, and if you ever decide to do anything like this again, count me in. I will be there with bells. Thank on. you for having us. Appreciate it. Yes, thank yeah, you thanks, guys. Yeah, thank having. you, guys. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience and listeners and all these scoff laws we've had with us this <laughs> evening. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt yep. and Mark Groves. Yo. Thank you for listening, and we'll be with you next time here on Driven Radio. Thank you.